No, welcome to Flip the Script Podcast. All right. So in light of the Michael Sussman trial, the John Durham investigation into the origins of Crossfire Hurricane, I decided to do a podcast to give a timeline of how everything played out. There's a lot of moving parts into this, and I could go on for hours about each player that is involved in this. So I'm going to touch on a couple and try to condense this into a listenable podcast. I'm leaving a lot of things out that I will revisit at a later date as more information comes out, but there's peoples and players that I'm not even going to talk about, such as John Brennan, James Comey, the whole debacle with General Flynn and how he got wrapped up into this. I could spend hours and hours on each person. There's a lot of things that I'm not going to be touching on. I'm going to give a basic rundown and timeline in this podcast. All right. So starting off, how did this whole thing start? How is it that Donald Trump would be accused of colluding with the Russians to steal the election from Hillary Clinton? Well, it all starts with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State under the Obama administration. She had a private email server set up in her house where she conducted State Department business through. She had over 60 emails that were classified as secret and top secret. And there was 2,000 emails that were classified after the fact when once they were looked at, they said, no, these should have been classified. Okay, So she had a lot of classified secret and top secret information going through her private email server that was unsecured. Now, Listen, I had a security clearance when I was in the Marines back in the day, right? Now, you had two separate sets of emails, right? One that was secret and one that was non-secret, that regular email. The secret email channels are very secure. You can't even take information from the non-secret email and put it on the secret email and vice versa, okay? That's how serious that is. There's different levels of classification. You start with classified, secret, top secret, higher than that, right? And I understood when you get a security clearance, if you mishandle any of this information, then you will be criminally prosecuted. So that if the secret information you mishandle could cause severe damage to national security, top secret, it causes imminent damage to national security, okay? So that's the type of emails that she's running through a private email server in her house. Now, if I did that, I would have been in jail. If you did that, you'd be in jail. If anybody else did that, they'd be in jail. But Hillary Clinton, she gets a free pass, right? It's the type of power that this woman has. So now she gets subpoenaed to turn over her emails related to Benghazi, okay? She starts panicking. She doesn't send over all the emails. She destroys hard drives. She wipes hard drives with a program called Bleachbit to where that nothing that on the hard drive can be recovered again, right? FBI opens up an investigation on it and they ended up clearing her for it, right? That's not here or there, okay? So then DC leaks and then followed up by WikiLeaks does this email dump of a bunch of DNC emails. So now they're trying to figure out how did these emails get leaked, right? Reportedly, I cannot confirm this, said that somebody from the FBI reached out to the DNC and told them that they are compromised and might be hacked by the Russians. The DNC themselves did not believe that the person that called them was an actual FBI agent, right? So that planted the theory that the Russians hacked DNC. I'm very hesitant to use the word hacked because I cannot confirm that the DNC emails were actually hacked or if it was an inside job where somebody from inside the DNC gave those emails to DC leaks and then to WikiLeaks. I cannot confirm that, but also it cannot be confirmed that the Russians hacked the DNC either. Because the U.S. government never looked into the DNC's emails, never got a hold of the servers from the DNC to inspect and run forensics on them. So what the DNC did is they hired a third-party company called CrowdStrike to do the investigation. Now, listen, if you're paying a private company to do an investigation, 
I'm sure you could probably pay them to come with certain conclusions as well, right? Now we have to ask ourselves, why didn't the DNC want to allow the government to inspect their servers? Are they hiding stuff? Was there stuff that they didn't want the government to see? So that's why they hired a third-party company to come out and say that it was the Russians. Because using a VPN with a Russian IP address could make it look like it was coming from Russia, right? So we don't really know. I lean towards the theory that it was an inside job from the DNC. Somebody from within the DNC released those emails to DC Leaks and then to WikiLeaks. Now, coincidentally, I'm not going to say this in this podcast. You could do a, a search of a DNC staffer who mysteriously wound up dead in 2016. You do a search on that, you can find a lot of information. I'm not going to say the name, but you'll be able to find it. All right, so there's a whole team, there's a whole international operation going on at this time where they've decided that they're going to try to target Trump campaign advisors specifically foreign affairs advisors and try to tie them into Russia, right? So this is where it starts off. You got a guy by the name of George Papadopoulos, who was one of the first ones to be indicted by Robert Mueller and Crossfire Hurricane. And Papadopoulos, in his case, ended up pleading guilty to lying to the FBI. But one of the things that you have to understand is that once the government comes at you, they will bankrupt you because the federal government has unlimited resources. They could spend millions of dollars trying to put you in jail. You have limited resources in your defense. So they could prolong things. They could drag this case out and have you paying court fees and lawyer fees for years and will bankrupt you. So sometimes you have no choice but to plead guilty, especially if they're going to give you a light sentence. But that's a win for them because they get to tie, say, this person pleaded guilty to colluding with Russia, crossfire hurricane. That was That's what was in the media. But there was evidence that came out about George Papadopoulos when the inspector general did his investigation into the misconduct of the FBI that wasn't reported. All right, we're going to get into that. But first, let's talk about George Papadopoulos and how he got wrapped up in this. George Papadopoulos, prior to joining the Trump campaign, worked for the Ben Carson campaign. When he left the Ben Carson campaign, he went to go work in London with the London Center of International Law Practice. It's the same place where this guy named Joseph Mifsud worked, who has been tied to UK intelligence, USA intelligence, Australian intelligence. When you Google his name, it comes up as a Maltese academic, okay? Some type of professor but he's disappearing, coming and going. He's working with all these intelligence people, right? But in George Papadopoulos' indictment, it said that his meetings with Mifsud, he was part of Russian intelligence, which is false because he has ties to MI6 and the CIA, okay? So we dig a little bit deep. We can see that this whole thing was a sting operation against Papadopoulos and then later on on Carter Page. I'm going to get into that. But when we go dig deeper, we could probably start tracing this whole thing back to John Brennan, the former CIA director in the United States. That's a whole nother podcast I could do on that. All right, so let's stay focused here. Joseph Mifsud and George Papadopoulos meet for the first time on March 14th in Italy. Ten days later, March 24th, they meet in London. Mifsud introduces Papadopoulos to a guy named Ivan Timoviev. He's reportedly a, a Russian official at the Russian International Affairs. So they go on to tell Papadopoulos that the Russians have dirt on Hillary Clinton. Papadopoulos says, I, that's interesting. You know, he doesn't know anything. Papadopoulos actually ends up going to tell the FBI about that. Now, he said that the Russians have dirt on Hillary Clinton and they have thousands of emails. On May 4th, George Papadopoulos does an interview with London Times, where he says that the current prime minister of the UK at the time, a guy by the name of David Cameron, should apologize to Donald Trump for 
some negative remarks that he made about him publicly. Next thing you know, an Israeli embassy official by the name of Christian Cantor introduces Papadopoulos to an Australian embassy official named Erica Thompson, who introduces Papadopoulos to a guy named Alexander Downer, who is Australian intelligence, who has ties to the MI6 and a private intelligence company he used to sit on the board for. Two days after the article in the London Times is released, Erica Thompson reaches out to Papadopoulos and tells him that Alexander Downer wants to have a meeting with him. So this whole encounter with Alexander Downer and George Papadopoulos is portrayed in the media to be a meeting by chance. They just happen to run into each other. And Alexander Downer starts talking to Papadopoulos about the dirt on Hillary Clinton from the Russians, right? But this whole meeting was arranged by Erica Thompson. So George Papadopoulos ends up telling Alexander Downer about the information about what Joseph Mifsud and Ivan told him about the Russians having dirt on Hillary Clinton. Alexander Downer goes and reports that back to Australian intelligence and his counterparts in the U.S. The Australians don't do anything. They don't reach out to the CIA or anybody. They kind of just sit on the information, don't do anything about it until the DNC emails are released by WikiLeaks two months later on July 22nd, 2016. So now they make the stretch and say that, oh, George Papadopoulos from the Trump campaign, he knew the Russians having dirt on Hillary Clinton. Then the FBI opens up its counterintelligence operation known as Crossfire Hurricane on July 31st, 2016, with the Deputy Chief of Counterintelligence, Peter Strzok, running the investigation. So text messages that were released from Peter Strzok show that he went to London on August 3rd, 2016, days after the counterintelligence operation was started. So using contact text clues, we can understand who Peter Strzok was meeting with these officials in London, Joseph Mifsud, Alexander Downer, Erica Thompson, and probably a guy by the name of Stefan Halper, who we're going to get into right now. So September 13th, 2016, George Papadopoulos is introduced to a guy by the name of Stefan Halper, who is a Cambridge professor or a Cambridge fellow who has connections to the CIA and UK intelligence MI6. Now remember, Peter Strzok was just in London on August 3rd. And now Stefan Halper, who has connections to the CIA, targets George Papadopoulos. They meet each other at a bar and he goes on to tell George Papadopoulos that, hey, the Russians have dirt on Hillary Clinton. They have thousands of emails. You guys over there at the Trump campaign, you might be interested in some of that. What was left out of George Papadopoulos' indictment, and which was not included in Robert Mueller's report on Crossfire Hurricane, that was only uncovered after the IG did his investigation on FBI mishandlings of Crossfire Hurricane, where it came out that Stefan Halper was recording that whole conversation that he had with George Papadopoulos, and that what George Papadopoulos' response was to Stefan Halper's suggestion that they should take help from the Russians, where George Papadopoulos says that as a campaign, we do not want to get involved in those types of dealings. It's illegal and it's bad for national security. Thanks, but no thanks. We don't want anything to do with that. Paraphrasing, that's what he said. None of that was revealed in George Papadopoulos' indictment, was not in the report from Bob Mueller, Crossfire Hurricane, and it was only found out through the Horowitz IG investigation into the mishandlings of the FBI. That is huge because that is what laid the groundwork for this whole thing, was that it was reported that George Papadopoulos invited that type of information when it was the opposite. He rejected that type of information. So Stefan Halper was also targeting a guy by the name of Carter Page. Carter Page was an informant for the CIA. He was giving information on the Russians to the CIA. And this guy, Stefan Halper, was targeting Carter Page. So in May or June, Stefan Halper had already reached out to Carter Page and he invited him to some type of meeting in London on July 11th at Cambridge regarding an up 
coming election. Now, there were certain speakers at this meeting, right? You had former Secretary of State Madeleine Arbright there. You had Vin Weber, who was a Republican strategist and a former congressman. You had Sir Richard Dearlove, who was the former head of MI6, amongst many other people. So Carter Page going to this meeting four days after he returns from Moscow. He comes back four days later. He goes to this meeting with Stefan Hopper. Carter Page's trip to Moscow would come to play a key role in the Steele dossier and the Crossfire Hurricane FISA warrants that were used to spy on Donald Trump as candidate Donald Trump and as President Donald Trump. So let's get into the Steele dossier. We first learned about the Steele dossier within the first coming days of the election. It was first reported by Mother Jones, and it was sold to the media that former intelligence officer put together this memo on intelligence that he gathered from the Russians on Donald Trump. Nothing in this dossier has ever been verified. It was used to get FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page and the Donald Trump campaign. What was not in the FISA warrants and what was not in Bob Mueller's report was that the Steele dossier was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign through a law firm named Perkins and Coy, Michael Sussman worked for, who is on trial right now for lying to the FBI by special counsel John Durham. Perkins and Coy hired Fusion GPS who hired Christopher Steele to put together this dossier and opposition research onto Donald Trump. And they paid him $168,000 to do it. So the main source that Steele used for his dossier was a guy by the name of Igor Danchenko, who has been indicted himself for lying to the FBI. So Igor Danchenko told Steele a bunch of crazy stuff, right? Because Steele probably was paying him. And he just said a bunch of crazy stuff that he supposedly heard, right? Now, when he was interviewed by the FBI, he told the FBI, no, I didn't see any of that stuff. I don't know any of that stuff to be true. I just, this is just what I heard from people. So his own sources was using sources that weren't verified either, right? This is what the FBI used to spy on Donald Trump as candidate Trump and again as president, which is crazy that they use this type of hearsay information in a FISA warrant. So let's talk about Fusion GPS for a second. What made the Hillary Clinton campaign use Fusion GPS to hire Christopher Steele? Well, Associate Attorney General with the U.S. Department of Justice, a guy by the name of Bruce Orr, his wife works for Fusion GPS. A conflict of interest there, if you ask me, right? So I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. So the first FISA application was approved by James Comey and Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates to spy on Carter Page in October of 2016. And it was renewed again in January of 2017, right after Donald Trump becomes president. So the former FBI general counsel, Trisha Anderson, ends up testifying in front of the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees, where she testifies that these FISA warrants were handled differently than other FISA warrants. By the time that they reached her, when she viewed them, they had already been approved by Deputy Director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, and Sally Yates before they even reached her. So she figured that there was no reason why she should second guess her superiors. So it seemed a little weird to her, but she said, hey, these are my superiors. So I have no reason to second guess them, right? So the FBI was already handling these FISA warrants differently than they do other ones. So there was a third renewal for the FISA warrants by James Comey in April of 2017, and the fourth one again in June of 2017 by Andrew McCabe and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. So there's 42 pages of redacted memos and documents that were released on the FBI's FISA warrants on Carter Page that were released in 2018, and they show that the DOJ and the FBI relied on the Steele dossier as justification for getting FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page. But the fact that 
Christopher Steele was being paid by Fusion GPS, who was being paid by the Democrats and the Hillary Clinton campaign. That was never revealed in the FISA warrants, and it was never revealed in Bob Mueller's report. So another thing that was used in the FISA warrants on Carter Page was that when he came back from Moscow and when the FBI interviewed him, they asked him what he was doing in Moscow. And Carter Page said that he was getting information for the CIA on the Russians, and he was a source for the CIA. So the FBI reaches out to the CIA and asks them, hey, is this guy Carter Page? Is he a source for you? He responds back, yes, Carter Page is a source for us. But a lawyer over at the FBI, a guy by the name of Kevin Kleinsmith, changed that email. He altered that email to say that he was not a source. This was only found out through the IG Horowitz investigation that was conducted with the mishandling of the FBI in the origins of Crossfire Hurricane. The FBI changed an email from the CIA saying that Carter Page was source to he was not a source, which was used in the FISA courts as additional information for why they needed FISA warrant on Carter Page. Kevin Klein-Smith has also pleaded guilty to this. So now let's go back to Crossfire Hurricane. You got Peter Strzok, who's the lead counterintelligence running this investigation before Robert Mueller was appointed. He has got a FBI lawyer by the name of Lisa Page that they ended up in a relationship with. That's neither here or there, but that's what the facts are. So text messages were revealed between the two of them. Days after the Crossfire Hurricane was started, Lisa Page texts Peter Strzok, Trump won't be president, right? Right? Question mark. And Peter Strzok wrote back, no, no, he won't. We'll stop it. So the fix was already in for this whole Crossfire Hurricane investigation to begin with. Because Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Andrew McCabe, John Brennan, all these people at the FBI and the CIA already had in their heads that they wanted Donald Trump to never be president. So the fix was already in. They were going to do everything they can to try to keep Donald Trump out of office. So in other text messages, it says Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, and Andrew McCabe were talking about an insurance policy that they were going to use to keep Donald Trump out of office. And that security policy was connecting him to the Russians. So now going back over to the Hillary Clinton campaign, there was a lawyer that worked for Perkins and Coy by the name of Michael Sussman, who is on trial right now, who was indicted by special counsel John Durham for his lying to the FBI because he took information to the FBI saying that I have information that Donald Trump is connected to the Russians through Alpha Bank and they have a back channel and he's got communications going through that bank. And he's told the FBI that he wasn't working on behalf of any client, but in fact, he was working on behalf of Hillary Clinton and DNC. So Hillary Clinton campaign was trying to plant seeds in the FBI that Donald Trump was connected to Russia. She signed off on it and she was down with the plant. But the FBI, when they found out about it, when they looked into these allegations from Michael Sussman, they ended up finding out that it was all false and it was made up and it wasn't true. But that didn't stop the media running with it with the intent to influence people's minds for the upcoming election. However, it didn't work. In November of 2016, Donald Trump was president-elect Donald Trump. And it didn't stop there. Crossfire Hurricane ramped up their attacks on Donald Trump, tried the best they can to provide evidence that could get Donald Trump removed from office to tie him to the Russians. We had Donald Trump's own government going after him. Now, we saw how the government went after George Papadopoulos and Carter Page, how they lied, changed documents, did all these things people that were connected to Donald Trump. And in another podcast, I'll get into what they did to General Flynn. But every American, whether you're left, right, Democrat, whatever, should be appalled at this. And this was allowed to happen in the United States because if they could do this to Donald Trump, George Papadopoulos, and Carter Page, what do you think that the government could do to you? What do you think they will do to you? You think that because you're innocent, that justice will be held up in a court of law? No way. Because the government, especially the federal government, will bankrupt you. You will have no defense because they will drag your case out, make hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars in legal fees 
if you continue to fight them, but they give you a lesser sentence if you plead guilty, do some jail time, go to prison, have a federal felony on your record. That's what they did to George Papadopoulos. That's what they were trying to do to Carter Page. That's what they tried to do to General Flynn. General Flynn originally pleaded guilty because he was being bankrupted. It wasn't until the IG's investigation was concluded that they saw that the FBI's huge mishandling and misconduct where he took back his plea and he was able to get his whole case dismissed. Every American should be appalled at this. So do it to you just like they did it to them. Remember, the media always lies. Don't trust the government. Keep your mind sharp. This is Flip the Script Podcast out.